0: You're tuned in to the Tin Roof Farm Radio Show, a podcast from Greenville, South Carolina on all things food, beverage, locally roasted coffee, and craft beer. I'm John Malick, the lesser half of Greenville's best loved chef couple, John and Amy Malick, and we're broadcasting from our Tin Roof Farm in Piedmont, South Carolina. Thank you for listening and welcome to the show. Host John Malik, a restaurant coach and semi-retired chef, and I help make restaurants successful. And today's guest is a very good friend of mine, Will McCameron. He is the owner and brewmaster of Brewery Eighty Five here in.
1: Thank you, man. I uh,
0: I'm really a fan of this. A fan of yeah, okay. The whole podcast. I love your. Yeah, I love yeah. everything about it, man. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Thank you very much, sir. You came here a little bit earlier this morning, got a tour of the farm uh, yep. What did, for your first time here, even yep. though you've passed a couple of invitations, <laughs> you've passed up on a few invitations for dinner. So. I've got
1: two little ones, so
0: they, <laughs> if I'm not at the brewery, I'm at home or asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed the tour.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, turkeys one of my favorite. Turkeys and goats are my favorite part, and I really dig your Instagram. Uh, what is it?
0: At? I'm Chef John Malick on Instagram. Very good follow. I like following his stuff, so. All right, cool. Thanks for the plug there, buddy. <laughs> now, uh, aren't you originally from
1: Greenville? I am. Okay. Uh, born and raised uh, right off, I don't know, it's weird, I live a quarter mile from where I was raised, but right there off Highway 14 in between Pelham Road and Roper Mountain, that area, and i had a business in Malden, so I played T-Ball in Malden and Little League and all that other kind of stuff, and.
0: You know, most people that live in Greenville aren't from Greenville. No, so they're (laughs) They're from Ohio or Charlotte or Atlanta or (laughs) or from New Orleans, like me. There you go. Yeah. Well, cool. I've got some. uh, I've got a good friend of mine who's. uh, I don't know. You you know Taft Matney, in um, he's Malden Malden City Council. I believe him and my brother are friends. Yeah, which are. I I think he's maybe about. So you and Taft—that's the only people I know that are from Greenville. (laughs) Now, Will, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of what y'all are doing at Brewery 85. I'll bet you have a similar uh, story that I do uh, with respect to your first taste of craft beer. Do you remember your first craft beer? Um,
1: so I was a student at Clemson majoring in beer drinking and throwing parties, (laughs) which is PRTM, part track, but... Right. It stands for party right through May. <laughs> but I got a travel and tourism degree uh from there, so arguably I'm I'm absolutely using it. But I can't remember if it was a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which I love that beer, but it's mm-hmm. hit or miss every year. Or I think it was a Bita's turbo dog, maybe with that. But it was craft beer was few and far in between. Like Yingling, yeah. when we got Yingling, it's like wow, we got yeah. Yingling now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then it just exploded. So I grew up in New Orleans, and we had a local brewery at the time, Dixie Beer, mm-hmm. which was recently purchased by the Benson family, the the folks that own the Saints, and they've and they've reinvigorated it. I didn't. Re- we just drank. We just drank Dixie Beer. You know, we didn't call it craft beer, right? But at the time, it most certainly was craft beer because it's very limited production, and it probably made it out to Alabama and Mississippi and Arkansas, and that was that was about it, right? But How far back would you have to go in our history, in the country's history, that was the uh, modus operandi for for breweries? As in... Smaller breweries before they... Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Sierra Nevada,
1: they're the godfathers of everything. They kind of got their start um, talking about Yingling. They're technically, now that InBev bought Budweiser, uh, Yingling's the world's, or America's oldest brewery. I think it's like 1911 or 1901 or something in Philadelphia. But uh, craft beer, like true craft beer, um, Ken Grossman started Sierra Nevada in the Mm mid-80s, I think, or maybe the early 80s, with just a bunch of old dairy tanks that he welded himself. And that's truly like craft beer. That's what it's all about, man. And there, we were talking about you you heading up to Asheville. uh, If you haven't been up to their Mills River facility, it's like Wonka Wonka Land for beer. Oh, without a (laughs) doubt. uh, They had those rain receptacles that they filter and flush your toilets with us and everything. And one of those tanks is bigger than all of our beer
0: tanks. <laughs> Combined? Yeah. <laughs> so his toilet tank is bigger <laughs> <Yeah>. than yours. <laughs> that's, that's neat. I hope to get there one day. <laughs> so you mentioned um, Sierra Nevada and, and, and Sam Adams. So at what point, though, in your career, when you're, did you say, man, this is what I need to be doing? Honestly, um,
1: and yeah, you know, I've been on a weird journey, and it and it kind of, I'm very glad that I went to Clemson, but like looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like I wish either I'd gone to Clemson with a plan, or like you know, kind of just had my ducks in a row, or gone to like a gone to trade school or like beer school right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but I didn't figure out what I wanted to do. Me and Meredith, uh, my wife, who's also one of the owners of Brewery Five. In college, I think our junior or senior year, she she took a, a wines, vines, and brews class where you learn how to homebrew everything, wine, beer, everything. Mm-hmm. So we started making wine in college because it was cheaper, and uh, <laughs> and then we actually got kind of good at it. it yeah. But I always looked at brewing like, wow, that's a lot of work. Just spending yeah. a lot of money for a college student didn't have.
0: Yeah,
1: I thought I didn't have the time. <laughs> I had plenty of time. Yeah, uh, and definitely didn't have the money. But then we got out. I got a job. Uh, doing, um, construction, specifically fire protection sprinklers with my family, uh, and really got, and, uh, home homebrewing and I really enjoyed it, but I was always like, you know, I guess I'm going to be in the family business forever. I'm not going to really do anything. And I can't remember like what the match was that started the fire, just being that close with your family every day. And I love them. And we have a great healthy relationship now that I don't work there anymore. But just trying to, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have a passion for sprinklers. Um, (laughs) And we would fight like cats and dogs. And finally one day, you know, I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. And I quit and went to work for uh, Thomas Creek here in Greenville. Um, Okay. And put in some hard shifts here. And it was a lot of fun. And I was like, this, this is good for me. I like this. I like the thinking on your feet, you know. There, there's gonna be a problem every single day, and it's your job to, fi- to figure it out. And you're, you're gonna be the only one that's gonna be able to figure it out. Nobody's gonna walk in the door and hold your hand and help you out, you know? Right. So, I, and you you got to do calculations on the fly and think on your feet, and you also get a good body workout. Um, you get to meet a lot of cool people and drink some good beer too. So, uh, I, I'd say um, probably my first week working at a brewery, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Oakline and Sinker, this is what I want to do. So did you tell Thomas Tom at that point? <laughs> he knows. You, oh yeah, he knows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean a week a week later after being there. <laughs> you
1: what know. well, no and I did. And I and I, <laughs> I told him like, hey, this is what I want to do. And and he was like, Yeah, you, That's great. You yeah. answer any question or you ask me the question, I'll answer it. Yeah. And so, you know, he was very good. He's a very good boss. He's been
0: really good for the for the beer community yeah. in town. Yeah, yeah. So I would guess he's been your mentor how long did you work for him
1: just under a year but it was like monday through saturday 16 hours a day
0: yeah so it was
1: it was rough going it was double shifts definitely and just the experience i learned underneath them was huge and then when i left tom's place we we got a um i got my old job my family back i was just like this is awful i hate this (laughs) 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 <laughs> had some money saved up, but I mean I, I like burn myself out. Like yeah. and that happens a lot in our industry. Yeah. Um but me and Meredith uh, and our buddy who's also one of the owners now, Jeremy Caldwell, we all homebrewed together. And one gotcha. Saturday night we were like, We should do this. And that yeah. was when, you know, everybody had just started opening up. So twenty ten, twenty eleven, we're like, we should do this. We can do this. We all yeah. three have complimentary Skills. The economy was
0: turning around. Right, and, you know. right.
1: And and the next morning, I called them up, and I was like, I wasn't kidding. And they are like, we weren't either. I was like, it was, yeah. not, it was not the beer talking. Like, I want to do this. <laughs> and next thing you know, uh, you moved to Chicago and then Munich to go to a dual school, one degree right. brewing school. And
0: come back to Greenville and get started yeah. on the pavement. Yeah. Now, you was uh, uh, being in the sprinkler business. I mean, there's a lot of piping that goes into a brewery. Mm-hmm. Did, did you do all that? Uh, no. The glycol piping, me and a
1: buddy did. Okay. Uh, which is glycol. what what The coolant cool, the coolant's that keeps the tanks at a certain temperature. Uh, now, I did that. I didn't do our our, our sprinkler system. Uh, I did a lot more underground yeah. um, uh, piping. But if you're there, if you ever notice, like, you know, we had that big tower that's shaped like... Sprinkler pipe. We have the foot rest or sprinkler pipe. Everything is sprinkler pipe. Yeah. Every kind of barricade. But uh, it actually helped me a lot. Um, that it was easy to transition because my job was doing calculations on how to get fluid mm-hmm. at a certain pressure and temperature from point A to point B. Yeah. And that's a big part of brewing.
0: Yeah. In the in the last 10 years, the the craft brewing thing, especially in South Carolina, has has really taken off. I mean, across the country— but especially in South Carolina. So what changed legally to to make that possible? Um, well, thankfully,
1: Wesley Donahue, two of my friends, Wesley Donahue and Brooke Bristow, um, went to work and with the help of some other people got a whole lot of nice laws passed. The first being, um, well, Tom and them got the, Tom and then uh, mostly Jamie Tinney from down at Coast got popped the Cap, which allowed higher ABV. Uh, I think that was maybe 2007 to 2008. And that was in South Carolina? That was in South, South Carolina. Okay. Um, and then uh, beyond that, what was successful for us, because at the time we were building our brewery, we were building a tap room, and you couldn't have a tap room. And we were just kind of hedging our bets that that law uh-huh. would get passed. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the first law was called the pint bill, which says, you know, you a person could have, I think, three beers on site and only one beer over a certain amount of alcohol percentage, and you had to give a tour, and it was very confusing. Right. Um, and then they passed the stone bill, which said uh, pretty much, like, it opened a lot of doors um, and avenues for people to, to get open. Sorry, this chair keeps creaking. <laughs> that essentially says, you know, if you have a DHEC license, not a DHEC license, but like a re- uh, a kitchen license on site, you you know, you can operate as a tapper. And it's all rolled into your manufacturing license. And so we did that. And we it's great because we don't we don't serve anything that's not prepackaged, but we serve as serve as a commissary for some other local food trucks that mm-hmm. are getting their start with the food truck boom.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So we it's very cool that, you know, we make a little bit of income, we get to do what we want, and on top of that, you know, we're able to work in conjunction with these other small business owners and
0: bounce ideas off each other and help each other out. So I'm curious now to, to get those laws passed. Was there any any pushback from legislators? Now the first
1: one, yes, and it was mostly like you know crazy and God love them, but a lot of Southern Baptist Bible thumper people don't. I guess they didn't read the chapters where
0: <laughs>
1: Jesus <laughs> turned water into wine, right? And, <laughs> and uh, I bet that was some really good wine too, man. Right, and but they saw this as like. We're trying to force everybody to drink beer and, you know, we didn't give a, a mess about people drinking and driving or anything, which is not true. That's not in yeah. the craft beer culture. You know that. Yeah, yeah. The craft beer culture is, is you know, it's more about. The experience, the, the quality. the, the Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. flavor, the taste. And and like that was one of the things that, I, that was like one of my first as an adult experiences with cr- politics, like crazy people. Like I encourage you if this comes out before November, please go vote. I don't care yeah. who you vote for. Just go vote. Uh, but it was crazy because like I, I told the woman like – uh, I think she was like the ACLU lawyer or uh, – and, and she does a great job and she does defend people. But she's a, she was a little nutty. I don't think she's – We're all a little nutty though, aren't we? <laughs> she's, you know, <laughs> orbiting the planet a little bit. Gotcha. But I was like, no, like – and I'm willing – I was like, we don't want people drinking and driving like that you know, because we have liability.
0: Right, I, mean, I don't of like, course.
1: I, not just like I don't eat soup. like I don't want people to get hurt. Right? Yeah, I've got the same, and I'm willing to do anything mm-hmm. to like let's let's come let's come to a, a good olive branch session here and just weren't having it, didn't yeah. want to have it, yeah. and so it was close. And we had that was when I was telling you about all those little restrictions about well, you got to do this and you got to give a tour, and that was kind of and then once they kind of saw all the tax money rolling in and all these big breweries opening up like Sierra Nevada. I think the politicians were like, when, once the pint or the stone bill came through, they were like, Oh yeah, no, we're, we're we well, don't we're need this in. committee. We're, we're going, right. we're voting yes for this. And it was like overwhelming. Yes.
0: And I, I'm a, I'm a geek for numbers. I'll bet, I don't know, but I'll bet anything that the amount of beer consumed per capita in the state, um, Probably has not changed. Probably just, not. We're just we're probably just drinking better beer. Yes, and
1: I, and I saw. Um, I can't remember what it was when I when we started, but I looked at it the other day, and I think we're like thirty fourth in the nation, like per capita for consumption of beer. Um, so it hadn't changed much, but the economy has certainly sure. grown. Like I, it, like I remember when we opened. I think we were brewery number twelve in the state. I think mm-hmm. our state number is SCBR. Dash zero one two. <laughs> like, uh, I think that's our like license or whatever. But now, uh, just the other day, I don't know if it's uh, licenses applied for or approved, but there are 70 breweries in South Carolina. Wow. 70. And I've only heard of one, possibly two closing. And that was just a, that was not anything to do with, you know, religious or pressure. It was just, you know, that they found out. Too much work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Isn't that the old saying, in, you know, everybody wants to work in a restaurant until they get burned? Or yep. well,
0: <laughs> until exactly. they have to
1: work a double or something? Or until they get stitches,
0: yeah. get stitches <laughs> in your thumb, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is there uh, one, particular, one particular brewery in uh, the U.S. that you have a soft spot for? Somebody that, you know, that, that you read about that was really showing you the way that you what, when you decided to open up, I want to do what they're doing. Sure. Um,
1: honestly, the, the biggest one uh, would probably be the, I'll tell a, a couple of small stories because the, the, like the, the brewing industry from the smallest to the biggest is cool. Cool people. And I'm not talking about just craft beer. Like now being part of the Master Brewers Association, I'm part mm-hmm. of their the Carolinas district, their executive kind of committee. Um, you know, I mean, people that work for multi-conglomerates and everybody's really cool and they just want to help they just want to you know be peaceful and have a beer and yeah, everybody's chill uh, and the coolest thing is I think it was sometime in late 2011 we got our LLC and I emailed and you gotta think that was when dogfish was like blowing up like yeah. building factories and building sure. factories and I emailed Sam Calgione
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I said look I understand that you're probably busy um scared as i all get out you know i'm about to go weighing over my head on debt i don't know what to do but i love it and what do you think and he took the time out of his day i got a response at like 10 p.m at night and he gave me a good two or three paragraphs he's like man you got to do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and i thought that was the coolest thing that scott didn't know me from adam and like I didn't have his email address. I just typed in sam at dogfish.com <laughs> and sent it off and yeah. I got one back. Yeah. Um, I also have a, a, a soft spot for Stone. Um, some of my classmates and, and, and yeah. other people who share my degree, um, from the World Brewing Academy opened a brewery called Society in San Diego and they are some of the coolest people ever. Mm-hmm. And they're friends with, uh, Greg Cook, who's one of the owners and president of Stone. And, you know, remember at Barley's they used to have that stone night because Barley's would sell the most stone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, one of the things was, uh, and they were, they were just screwing me with me, but it was hilarious. Like, uh, we had just, like, broken ground and I'd just come from the job site and I'm pouring sweat, I smell bad and I was just gonna have a beer and bounce, and and didn't even expect, because I used to work at the beer exchange too and a bunch of my beer exchange buddies were there. Right. Uh, And he comes up and he goes, you know, holy crap, but it was different. <laughs> totally right. he goes, You're Will Cameron. And I was like, nah, shut up. <laughs> and they're like, here's what he looks like. Make sure you go up and introduce yeah. yourself. And I was like, yeah. nah, I don't. Get out of here. <laughs> so I love Stone. And, and really, man, I just, there's some a-holes getting into craft brewing or people getting into craft brewing for the wrong reasons. But really, right. man, there's not anybody, everybody, I got a sweet spot for just about everybody.
0: Some of these more well-known craft breweries are being bought up now. Uh, Wicked Weed comes to mind. They were were (laughs) bought, was it last year? Either that or the year before, yeah. Yeah, very recently. Um, Laguanitas comes Mm -hmm. to mind too. They were one of my favorites. So once you've, once somebody like Laguanitas is bought up by somebody like InBev, are they still making craft beer? Heineken. uh, Heineken bought them. But uh, that's very touchy and I don't want to
1: get Grilled by people, but um, because like I know people that like I know one of the guys that brews Laganese in Chicago. He's one of my classmates, one of mm-hmm. my dearest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say yes and no. I mean, you know, it's big beer money, but the people haven't changed. They just got yeah better paychecks and better insurance now. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and they still pour their heart into it, and they still come up with awesome beers and awesome recipes. And yeah. and being in the Master Brewers has kind of changed, opened my mind a lot about you know. He, here's here's my deal: if Budweiser came tomorrow and offered me a lottery sum of money, to you'd be crazy not to take it. Either either uh, <clears throat> take a five year vacation and raise my kids and mm-hmm. ensure their future, or they give me lottery money and my life doesn't change, and then I get actually paid a lot more than I'm worth, and my health insurance goes from. Uh, copper to gold <laughs> right. level, <laughs> right? Yeah, and a heartbeat. I would, uh, because I like Mercedes and <laughs> right. things like that. So no, but um, I think and some of the stuff that they've shown me, is like really cool. It's like, look at this toy. Yeah, look what we can do now. Yeah, and it, and it's really cool. And they're making great beer. Um, but there's there's I, I used to be like I used to be part of that very vocal, you know. Screw in, Bev, you know, they're after me. And, you know, all it is is it's just, and, and I, and I would, at the same time, it's kind of hypocritical. I would have this like mantra, like, Hey, you know, you need to keep your sword sharp. And at the end of the day, I read a book called, um, by some ex-Navy SEALs. And if, if you're in the books, it's called Extreme Ownership. And it's okay. by, uh, um, Jocko Willing yeah, and, jo- yeah, Jocko, and, and yeah. Leif Babbin. And, yeah. and it pretty much says, like, no, you control your own destiny. Now there are some things like sometimes you can't help you know acts of God or you know right things are out of your control the the Illuminati or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but you know it is those damn Illuminati those. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it it is your responsibility to get what you put in get out what you put in does that make sense right. like it, it uh, and and that's why I've always you know Thomas Creek and Quest aren't competitors of mine there's a pie to grow here. inbev's not a competitor of mine like it's ultimately up to me if people like me like my brand like my beer like my people you know it's a culture thing so correct either you know you can have a negative or a positive outlook on it and i'm I'm very much a believer in you get you get out what you put in most of the time absolutely
0: yeah yeah i agree all right. Um Silly question here, but before you settled on the name Brewery 85, did y'all float around some other names? <laughs> we we did. Um, and I don't know how, because I've said this a couple of times, I don't know if they've heard it or how they feel about it,
1: but I absolutely love the people at Swamp Rabbit Brewery. Ben Pearson and yep. that crew and Andrew Myers, they are just- They do a nice they, job. You know, the the Pearson nice. family are just unbelievable people. They do a great job, and I love them to death. They're one of my favorite breweries besides my own, obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um uh, we had thought we'd found some property on the Swamp Rabbit Trail and we were close. And this was about, probably about two or three years before they'd open. And like, we were close to buying this property. And I was like, we had three good names and Swamp Rabbit Brewery was one of them. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is, I think this is going to go through. And then we did the land development. We found out, oh, there's a, people have been using it as a chemical dumping site oh, for yeah, years. And yeah. then yeah. it yeah. not only it, it was in the hundred year floodplain of the, of the, uh, the reedy. So we would have had to spend almost half a million dollars just on grading. Yeah. And that's and we couldn't get any we researched grants. Nope, nope. And we've had two hundred year floods in the last ten years. <laughs> yes, and that and that happened and guess what? The people that bought that land got grants to grade that land now after that after the big uh I'll always remember that it was the Columbia flood because Clemson yeah. played Notre Dame at home and right. it was insane. I've never seen that much rain. It was like
0: Forrest gump. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Columbia won that, mo. Yeah, exactly. What, um, what do you got planned for next year? You got any, um, any, any goals for next year? Uh, something you can you can share with the audience, or is there a new beer that you, um, or maybe uh, you have uh, you sustained a blow in your head and you you develop an affinity for pumpkin beer? <laughs> Best <laughs>
1: way, best way to drink pumpkin beer is to pour it straight in the trash. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh a, a real segue. People get on to me about not making creative beers, and our I just want to let people know like they're coming. It's just I had to get everything paid off first. Like we couldn't play around with unicorn farts in the kitchen sink, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and fennel, and you know we, we didn't yeah. have you know we had to be on point, and we and really we we our goal is to be everybody's Sierra Nevada. Or New Belgium, you know, I understand that craft beer people are going to try and as they should. It's mm-hmm. awesome. This is the best time to be a, a beer drinker in America. Yep. Um, they, they're going to hop around. They're going to try different things. They're going to go to different places. And that's, I don't have any hate in my heart or malice or I don't get jealous. You know, that's, I'm a craft beer fan. Mm-hmm. But what we strive to do is be like the New Belgians or the about Nevadas. We, we got one beer that you like that you're going to keep in your fridge. Six pack of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like fishing beer and your buddy comes over and says, Quitting Hey time. man, you ever had this? And that's, that's kind of our MO. Like mm-hmm. I've always, you know, make the base beer good and then you can start playing. Gotcha. Well, sorry.
0: <laughs> you so what
1: was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So you said, um, what, what's big going on next year? A couple things. So it's great. Uh, we're coming up on five years. We've got a massive announcement. Um, our five year anniversary is going to be on February 2nd. And I'm stoked about that weekend. 19, big, 2019, Yeah, 2019 is a big weekend for me because I think the Super Bowl is the next day, as is my birthday. Um, okay. so that's going to be a busy weekend for me. Gonna take that Monday off probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we have a huge announcement. Um, That has to do with growth of our business, not selling to InBev or anything. We're keeping it local. Yeah. But, um, huge announcement. We're, we're, I'm smack dab in the middle of writing our new five year and continual business plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we've put in all this hard work over five years and it's finally just kind of, we've turned the corner. Yeah. We, we finally got all the right people in the right positions and we've got everybody on the same page working towards the same goal. Like it's relatively, I'm pretty, Hey, I'm, I, I have people that work with me that allow me to come and do things like this. And mm-hmm. they allow me to work on a business plan. They allow me to work on the growth of our business. So I've got so many ideas that, that have been floating around the back of my head that now, like, right. now's the time. Right. Now, now we have the infrastructure and the people and the momentum in place. Yeah. And now we can do so much cool stuff. So we have a huge construction announcement that we will unveil, mm-hmm. uh, at our, at our um, five-year anniversary, we're also going to have some awesome beers, um, some awesome casks. Uh, I want to – we did the pop-up arcade last night. Have you right? seen that? When the guy brings the, like old-school arcade games? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah. It was so cool. Like I want to do stuff like that and like just make a big day of it. Yeah. Um, and then I think another, another – we're going to come up with some new beers, shovel some things around, um, and we definitely want to start canning a bunch of our seasonals. We bought some new tanks that are going to allow us to do that. And then we're also going to start brewing a whole lot more like taproom-only beers that you'll only be able to get at our nice. taproom, like at that. our facility. Yeah. Like and that. we can do the unicorn farts and the kitchen right. sinks.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, last question, where can you not find your beer? Um <laughs> An easier question would be...
1: Where can you find it? And we have, it's really wild. Like, I, I can't remember if it was last yeah, I, year. I see your
0: beer everywhere. I can, I, I think I see it at Publix now. Is that,
1: that, yep. And that, yeah. that's our, that was our double down. Um, there was a bad quarter four. Uh, I don't know if it was last year, or year before. And it forced us to kind of like look inside and be like, yeah. well, and of course, the first month it's like, well, what did I do? Did I say something on a podcast? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I ticked off the pumpkin beer yeah, crowd yeah. everybody quit buying my beer <laughs> um no
1: but and then we found out you know I started calling my brewing friends you know the guys at River Rat Frothy, Holy City I was like Gosh, what is going on and they're like nope us too it's yeah. everybody everybody in Food and Bev had the worst quarter four since the depression and I was like okay well if you know we're, we've already got a good head of steam we need to kind of sharpen our sticks and figure out how to dig in, and we hitched. We pulled back all of our effort and hitched all of our focus on Greenwood. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, I won't. I won't lie. You know, we're in half the state, from Greenwood, to Columbia to Fort Mill, Rock Hill. Everything west of that, mm-hmm. you can find our here. You know, it's shaped like a pizza pie. Sure. Yeah. Top left portion of the crust and the cheese. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like a, a crazy person ate a slice and threw it back yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we said, "Here's what we're going we're gonna to double down on on the upstate," and we did, and it paid off in a big way because now our other markets, like we've got people screaming and and bitching about the fact that they can't get fishing beer in Charleston or in
0: Athens yeah. or
1: yeah, we've got a lot of good, good problems problem right have. now, problem. and. Uh, Another brewery I really like is now. Of course, we don't have the uh, ethnic or cultural population to back this up because we don't have you know a state like Wisconsin mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's all Germans, uh, Czech, you know, like that kind of background. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but Nuclearis in in Wisconsin is the size of Sweetwater, and they do not distribute their beer outside of Wisconsin. Huh. And that that like that's always been. Not my goal, but to have, like, take care of your home market first. Like right. Odell Brewing in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. Like, if they want to expand into right. more territories, then that means their home markets are 300 miles away from their brewery. That has to grow with it. Or else they don't expand. And they've actually pulled out. They've been successful in some markets, but because they failed close to home,
0: they've had to pull out of markets. Will, that is all the time we have today. I just want to say thank you so much for uh, for being on the podcast and coming yeah. out this morning. Will and I have done a few dinners together for uh, JDRF for Juvenile Diabetes. It's it's quite humbling to go into a you know dinner for twelve, somebody that's paid five or ten grand for a you know for a great meal from (laughs) Chef John Malik and with live music, and then everybody gravitates towards Will. Oh, you know (laughs) the superstar, the rock star brewmaster. I'm like, but what about me? (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for having me. You bet, my pleasure. And y'all have a look at our website, tinrooffarmradioshow.com. And, and uh, I've got a few photos on there of uh, Will harassing my goats. And, <laughs> and fi- of course, find Brewery 85 on uh, Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram at Chef John Malick, or my wife is Farm, And you can find the Tinroof Farm Radio Show on Facebook. Thank you so much. The Tidru Farm Radio Show is a production of Jack Russell Social Media, and our music is all gussied up by John Starcluster. Thank you for listening.